and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes five and six of... Love and Contract. Yep, thank you. I cannot remember the name of anything. <laughs> Holy no. shit. We did the pre-ramble and you were... Forgetting struggling. names. I was. <laughs> I am struggling today. I do think I'm pretty darn tired. I tried to take a nap right before we started recording. It didn't work out for me. I'm running on coffee. Yeah, which is different. It's a different kind of awake. Yeah. So, anyway, I can't remember the name of anything or anyone, and uh, that's, I think, going to be the theme of this episode at the rate I'm going. I mean, I think it's fine. This is one of those shows that we don't have to take that seriously. I do think I was wondering... This is pretty off topic. Okay, we'll say we're in the same room, so it's going to be a bit chaotic this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're in the same room. <laughs> the girls are back in town, and <laughs> things are not right. So. <laughs> so expect a bit much, but okay. Is it is it more respectful to say the full name of people in Korean? Like Jung Ji Ho versus we always just say like Ji Ho. Oh yeah. Because we're probably. Americans and we're like two names, that's fine. We're problems. We're pro- hi, it's me. I'm the problem, it's me. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, I think that's probably something we should work on. But I didn't bring my notes, so I don't remember anyone's name except Jung Ji Ho. Jung Ji Ho Kong Heijin. Okay. I remember Heijin. Yeah. Kasangan. What's her last name? Do we know? Uh, no. Have they, we, they do have, we care? <laughs> have they told us? <laughs> They've told us a bunch of names for Tiffany. There's yeah. Jamie. That's another name for Sangin. Yeah. There's other characters also on the show that are probably in my notes. Mm-hmm. So anyways, it's going to be worse than usual. And I just want to call us out for usually also being bad. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Have Did someone tell us about that? And Okay. No. You just had the thought that maybe we've been yeah. doing it bad for the past four to five, six? Six or, years. Doing six years. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just because I feel like when you listen to other people in K-dramas, they almost always use three names. And I'm like, oh, yeah. should we also do that? It's tricky because I feel like... Sometimes it's subtitled where they just do... That's fair. Like, Jiho. But I am wondering if that's just subtitles where they're being kind to us as English speakers, where if I listened closer, I would be able to hear them say Jung Jiho. Yeah. But the the translators are like, no, English... You know how English speakers <laughs> refuse to know three names and they will only do... Like the first two syllables they of are a person's literally name. three syllables long, you guys, and we're like, no, we That's can't. Too much, <laughs> too many syllables. <laughs> I'm too dumb. <laughs> it's an us problem, but yeah, I think it'll be worse this episode where it might be like we learned Tiffany's real name, but do I know it? No, Absolutely I literally not. only call her Tiffany, and there's a paralegal that is like. 
key in these two episodes. I don't know her name. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's just the para- the paralegal that Jung ji hates. And I literally, in my head all night, when I was thinking of things to talk about, I called her secretary the whole time until oh, I was like, that's so sexist. I just assumed she was a secretary when she's clearly a paralegal. Yeah, like when... uh she talks about how her whole thing is knowing the intri- intricacies of people's marriages, and it's like, oh, she does work and she's good at it. Like, she's reading into the smallest things really accurately. She's a specialist. Yeah. And I'm just like, Secretary, what's her name? Like, no, Emily, that is so sexy. <laughs> yes, we have a problem. It's also... So there's this thing that we're doing all, all of a sudden that I just learned about where we're saying everyone's full name on the episode that I can't remember anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be rough. <laughs> yeah. So what if baby steps and we just do the ones we for sure remember mm-hmm. right now? So we've got Jung Ji Ho. We've got Kong Hee Jin. Chae Sang That Choi Sang sounds right. Why don't I just pull it up? No, that's not worth it. Uh, we'll just yeah. make up nicknames for everybody. It else. is. It's Choi. Yeah, you're right. We've got it. I said a different name, but <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you for that. Yeah, it's C O or C H O I. I believe Choi. Okay. Sung. Okay. Okay. I I sounded so unsure when yeah. I said. Those are literally the only three I knew. Like, you said you wanted to go through the list, and I was like, we went through my list. Yeah, that's it. We've got them. <laughs> this is why I take notes. We did it. I don't have memory. Yeah, today, I don't. That's okay. Because, okay, the thing I wanted to talk about, I'm sure you'll remember, which is the worst scene in TV history, the worst sequence of scenes, the dinner party. I... I 10 seconds skipped. No! I did it. No! I'm not even ashamed. I couldn't do it. I was crawling out I of my so skin. I was so close. I was nauseous. I get it. I get that. <laughs> I get that. It was... I I was doing okay. I was handling it. Up until the point that... The belly dance? Song Eun was inserting herself into... Sorry, Choi Song Eun was inserting herself into every person's performance and i did i 10 seconds skipped through the belly dance and i was like we're through the hardest part we're fine we're we made it through the hardest part a lie oh because really? i thought that was the hardest jung ji ho went ahead oh. <laughs> and caused problems where he was furious that <laughs> So, that Choi Sung Eun was not getting the prize but she had the audacity to call him out with no self-reflection on, like, I was way worse. Like, in my opinion, she did way worse. I think what he did was wrong, but I, I think what she did was so much worse. It was bad. It was bad. Because at least his was in defense of somebody he cared about. Hers was in pure defense of her own ego. Yeah. She was like, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to ruin everybody else's talents by showing that I'm better than them. Purely to serve my own ego. Whereas he was like, um, the girl I have a crush on did way better than all of you. Which is bad. It's in bad taste. But at least it's kind of romantic in a way. Yeah. And it's... It shows that he cares about something that's not just his ego. Yeah. So it felt different to me. And all we get is her telling... 
Uh oh, what's Guang Nam's last name? Good question. Her telling Guang Nam. Does he have one? <laughs> he probably does. We're gonna separate him from his evil family though. So mm. he is solo Guang Nam, and all we get is her telling him like. Jung Ji Ho is the worst. He ruined the whole party, and I had to save us. Like, no, homie, you ruined the party. And you don't even know you ruined it. You don't even know you ruined it. Okay. So that's part one of my issues at that party. Mm -hmm. There is a part two, which is that they set us up for so much romantic comedy by having the two paralegals in the bathroom, one going... My interpretation of this conversation, at least. One going, I can see right through any relationship. This girl seems way too good for Jung Ji-ho. And I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to figure this out. I thought we'd have a whole night of Che Sang-un being like, Jung Ji-ho, we got to be romantic. Like, put your hand around my waist. Kiss me. Do whatever. Like, cute stuff that sets them up. And even when they did kiss, which was perfect and adorable and lovely, it was like a cute little enemies to lovers moment of her being like, shut up and kiss me, which is like cute. That's different, though, than the two paralegals maybe whispering in that moment, like, he's talking about not kissing her. I'm seeing some cracks in their perfect relationship. That's what I thought the whole night would be. Yeah. Was these two whispering, like, there's cracks here. We're going to get to the bottom of this. There was none of that. No. Why? Yeah. Yeah, I felt like they failed me in a big way because that's (laughs) why I thought she bounced. Is because she got in too deep and she, like, played her cards and showed how she felt and was stressed about it. And that... The story of that night was going to be her recounting how she's in too deep and she doesn't know what to do. And I was thrilled. I was ready. That was that was <laughs> peak romance to me. Yes. And they gave us none. They no, were like, zero. we'll give you the least. We will give you. It was cute. Like I said, I was into the kiss. Yeah. It was just such a different vibe than what they'd set up. Yeah. I did think that the kiss was it felt like a role reversal from what we typically have in a Korean drama when one person is surprised by the other person's kiss. In it was a role reversal in a good way that didn't feel un- as uncomfortable as it could have because it could have just pendulum swing role reversal doesn't matter. It's still weird when one person is kind of shocked so they're frozen into inaction. Um And I don't know if it's, like, all the context that they've given us on his feelings that made it feel a little bit better, or if um, it was the fact that he was the sober person in the room, and so it it kind of felt almost even better that he didn't get super into the kiss, where he was like, that feels inappropriate, she's clearly drunk. So I will accept the kiss, I'm not gonna, like, shove her off of me. But I might not maybe, like, actively participate. Because that is one of my least favorite things in a mm-hmm. first kiss in a K-drama is that I I do feel like seven times out of ten or something, the first kiss is one person being completely frozen, not moving. Usually it's the woman. And the other person 
being the initiator and like holding their face or their body or something and then it's just like a mannequin they're like kissing a mannequin Mm -hmm. and it was a little bit like that but in a really understandable way that didn't take away from the moment of it being like you said kind of an interesting twist on on a really weird night where she just makes this impulsive drunk decision but she's the drunk one, and he doesn't push it, and he's just kind of like, okay. <laughs> I like her a lot, but I'm not going to throw myself into this. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't think of that, because we've talked about that before, where, like you said, it's usually the woman being kissed, and it's very aggressive, and her being like, I'm frozen, and you're like, are you scared? Are you okay? Are you okay? And that's not good. That's not romantic. Yeah. But this, with all of the factors involved, felt, like, safer in a way. Yeah. I didn't worry for him. It didn't seem like he was emotionally damaged by it. Yeah. So. He was definitely emotionally damaged the next day, which... I love that he's just in the background of all of their paparazzi things. Yeah, he's just, <laughs> just this dude. Like, uh, there's literally two people living in this building. The paparazzi could not have done worse by being like, we got the perfect couple shot. But literally the only <laughs> other guy who lives here is in every one of them. Just like staring. <laughs> like unabashedly. <laughs> 1,000 yards <laughs> Bro, move. Yeah. Oh. I, I'm sure that can come out. Maybe they all have, like, a Google Pixel. Yeah. They can just circle just the... circle that. I watch a lot of YouTube, and... <laughs> that's the ad. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one ad that plays all the time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny to me. I... <laughs> Okay, I just edited our last episode this morning, so I know we talked a lot about how much we hate Kang Hae Jin. Not mm-hmm. like we hate him, hate him, but just like he's doing poorly. Yeah. He's a bad dude in a lot of ways, yeah. and as the second male lead, we want a lot more from him. How how are you feeling? So, there's a lot. It's There's layers, um, cause there is a part of me where I am grateful that they didn't make the secondary male lead my preferred male lead. Oh yeah. Thank I God. I guess for that, that helps. <laughs> yeah. So silver, every cloud has a silver lining. I'm not a Kong Hajin fan. I was very, um, willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for the first, like, third of this drama. But I am kind of at the point where I am really, really bothered by how pushy he was to get her to start working again and how he knows that she is financially he got the pass on being like i know you need the money this is for this is beneficial i guess because he said this is beneficial for both of us and not i'm helping you as if he pitied her but it's still problematic to say uh i really require something from you And so I'm going to play on a weakness I know you have. Pretty much every weakness. Yeah, he really played every card. Every single card, because it was like, you need the money, I need help, I need, I care so much about, like, my mom or whatever. I don't know, just making sure that 
she felt so obligated and literally no one is considering the extremely dangerous situation that she was attacked by his stalker. She was attacked by his stalker recently when they had spent no time together. Zero time. She just happened to be going to the same building that he was in. (laughs) That is zero part of the show. It's so weird. That no one's considering that. And I know it will come back up. Like, that obviously is going to come back up because it was never resolved. And it's a great plot point to say that she's still being hunted by this stalker it's a terrifying plot point but it's weird it's yeah. compelling yeah it's it's stressful uh but boy howdy do i hate that he has no worry for her safety and he doesn't mind using every card he has to play to manipulate her into this situation and it's tricky because Jung Ji-ho is in the same position on the flip side of clearly having feelings for her, but the feelings that Jung Ji-ho has, I feel like he has been more... It's not even transparent, but he had kind of fooled himself, but he also... um, I don't know, it's almost... The way he's approaching it, and maybe I just have a double standard because I like him more, but... (laughs) It seems more honest, the way he's approaching Mm. the fact that he has genuine feelings for her. Like, he's doing a bad job, but he usually speaks the truth to her. Yeah. Versus um, Kong Hae-jin is... It almost feels like he is, I don't know, actively hoping for something out of this, versus Jung Ji-ho feels like he's just trying to get as much time with her as he can before she leaves. It almost feels like his is is hopeless or without expectation versus there it there's feels like a very real expectation and it's again i might just be reading into it because i have a clear preference a clear <laughs> bias here but. but i get it like jung ji ho seems very sincere and he doesn't know it yet which is frustrating i did love the scene with his maybe therapist his off-duty counselor being like i'm off the clock so i can finally say it like you're in love and um, go figure that out and good for you i'm sure she was holding that in every session absolutely (laughs) but i feel like yeah his feelings are more sincere he just doesn't know it yet he's not good at identifying his own emotions whereas kong hae jin feels like he is on the opposite end he thinks that his emotions are completely sincere and that he's totally in love with this woman but he has no idea who she is and he has no interest in kind of getting to know her he's just very much like you're jamie you're the jamie i've always dreamed of and you're here now so you have to be here now you have to be mine whatever it takes i'll do anything it's like oh bud yeah it's it hits wrong it i think they're playing it as very immature less like dark and sadistic but it still doesn't hit the same as the upstairs neighbor, the mature, level-headed guy who's just trying to figure out his own feelings. And you're like, I'm into that. I think that's cute and sincere and sweet. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of Kong yeah. <laughs> Clearly all. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he can kind of fuck off. <laughs> yeah. It's hard because you want him to be the rich boy, the table that exceeds expectations, but he's very much like the out-of-the-box pampered rich boy 
who just gets everything he wants. And he's like, I'm not that way. And you're like, but the way you act is 100% that way. Yeah, you have some moments where you feel sincere. And that's why it was easy to give you the benefit of the doubt for as long as we did. But it feels like we're losing that sincerity more with each like play you make for for Jamie for this person that you've been weirdly thinking about for so long and yeah like you said he doesn't know her versus Jung Ji Ho has spent the past five years with her and will be the first person to admit that he doesn't really know her mm-hmm. but at least he's trying I don't know yeah. yeah they're both like not doing great because of the premise of the show it's like we both hired her yeah. and that sucks I wanted Jung Ji Ho to let their contract expire and stay in her life in another way. Yeah. I want the convoluted mess to be that he just runs into them all the time and they develop feelings naturally, not that he keeps paying her to come over. Yeah, I think it would be a lot more interesting if she decided to keep working and she keeps getting divorces and sees him. And now that she knows that he's been the judge in so many of her divorce trials she keeps looking up and being like hey yeah and then they get lunch or something after the divorce there are so many ways they could play this but in and i i like that she's getting involved in his work life because we've seen a lot of his co-workers and they're very cute and i love all of them yes and i like spending time with that group but yeah it's it's hard to be like i don't think you can start a relationship while she's still working for you. It's just not my kind of thing. It's somebody something, but it feels very gross to me. Yeah. And I wanted you to just, like, sign the divorce papers and the contract and be like, now we're two individuals who are starting to get to know each other as adults who maybe are dating. Yeah. And maybe that'll come. We've, we're still pretty short into this, and she's only working for them for three months, which I love. I love that it was a really short timeline. Yeah. But, but yeah, we'll see. But not an unrealistically short timeline where it's like, okay, so I guess feelings are going to just develop overnight, like three uh-huh. weeks or something, and <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, I don't know about that. Or even like, I'll get back my million-dollar savings account within Three weeks. Yeah. You're like, ooh, what? Yeah, there were a lot of zeros on that contract, but that would be kind of wild. <laughs> that would be a little bit highway robbery, which I'm not mad at. I yeah. loved that conversation. Hell She's yeah. like, I deserve it. So you can say no, and that's fine, but that would be the end of this conversation. I loved it, especially the way he tried to play on our heartstrings and the way he tried to, like we said, play every card he could even think of, uh, where it's like, Okay, I'm. A, I come at a premium, and the way he acted very annoyed about how expensive it was, and it was like, "Aren't you rich? Are you or aren't you? Is this to help me make back the money that you said you were going to help me make back, or is it not?" Mm-hmm. So this is a contract. Like I didn't. We're done with feelings. We did that part. I agreed to meet with you. Yeah. Here's the contract. Here's the terms. I'm like yes, girl. <laughs> yes, Chase Ungen. I loved that. Oh, yeah. I like this show. I'm having fun. There were a ridiculous amount of Tiffany scenes, though. I was not having fun with that. Uh, I just don't care. Get her off the screen. She had a lot of screen time, I felt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sick of her big time. I'm sick of her big time. 
and I don't feel particularly compelled by the plot point that she has created. Uh, I don't feel particularly interested in what she's up to. I don't even like that, I guess, that extra spice that her living with Guannam and uh, Choi Sung-un, I don't like that no. spice. It's a weird spice. It's I don't a weird like spice. It. I don't get it. Yeah. And maybe by the end, we'll look back and be like, that was worth it. That's a good storyline. But I think they've given us so little to their relationship so far that it's like, we don't need a cohabitation in this way. Yeah. This is the worst kind of cohabitation in a K-drama. Worst possible. Why? <laughs> yeah, I hate it. And I hate how she talks to Guan Nam, who oh is my, my favorite God. character, maybe yeah. in K-drama history. Yes. He's so relatable and lovely, and all of his flaws are also relatable. Yeah. <laughs> I love the scene where he goes into the kitchen and just bumps the fridge and then takes one of the grapes and just spits it right back out. Oh my god. He's peak comedy. There was a moment that was such subtle, perfect peak comedy that I laughed out loud. <laughs> Very loud. Because it was just so, I wasn't expecting the moment and it was subtle. It was just a little, like, dash in there of Guanam where um he uh he has just tried to to cheer up Choi Sung-un and uh it, it didn't really work and then she finally told him why she's sad and he's like great let's go kick that dude's ass <laughs> I know Taekwondo let's do this I cannot wait how dare he speak to you that way I've been trying to get the truth out of you for forever and just as she's walking out to go hiking Jung Ji-ho shows up and says, like, I waited for, I can't even remember yeah, exactly what it I've was. I've been waiting for you or something. Yeah. And it shows Guanam in the background swoon a little bit. He's like, oh my god. Like, that is so hot. <laughs> yes! I put that in my notes. I was like, we gasped at the same time. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so funny. It was hilarious. He is perfection. He is perfection. And I am tired of this show breaking my heart. They need to give him one break. Yeah. Yeah. How, honestly, how dare they hurt him? Over and over again. Yeah. And he just stays quiet about it. Well, Choi Sung-un just gets to run around and be super self-involved with her own thing. While he's the one getting screwed over by her deciding to bail out her psychotic mom and bring her to live with him. And I, and he, and she just rolls around in bed all day being a lump of nothing when she's sad over a misunderstood comment. And he lost his fucking job for being honest about his sexuality. Like, yeah, I think now that you're saying it, I like. Chae Sung in less and less yeah. the more we <laughs> hang out with her. Because on the surface, she's so easy to love. Yeah. And that's what's driving the drama is being like, she's so easy to love. How could you not? But it is hard that the one sincere relationship they gave us, I guess they're trying to give us two sincere relationships with her mom. Yeah. But it's like, I don't get that and I don't like it and you can stop. You can take that one off the table. But the the one truly sincere relationship they've given us, all we saw is her giving him money for his dog, who eventually passed away, 
and that was like the last sincere thing that she did for him that now their relationship is kind of just him taking care of her yeah on whatever whim that she feels yeah and it's like do you guys not have like conversations do you not have a back and forth where you take care of each other yeah because she, he's even told her how uncomfortable it makes him that she told her, she told Tiffany that they're married. He immediately was like, I don't care for that. I don't, why did you tell her that? She gives me the worst looks. I'm not comfortable in my own home with her here as it is. And now I have to pretend to be your husband. Uh-huh. It's awful. And she was just kind of like, suck it up, buttercup. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, well, you kind of suck a little yeah, bit. Yeah, this is not your world and everybody else is living in it. Yeah, and I'm, it's not the pain Olympics. She's been through some stuff, but it, it's just wild that she can, I don't know, count on him for anything. And he hasn't even had the space to bring up losing his job. And like the fallout with his family. Yeah. No space for that. Yeah, I think the one conversation they had about his family, she was just like, have you told them yet? And he's like, no. And she's like, so should we just leave and you won't tell them? And he's like, no, I want to tell them. And she's like, fine. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's your friendship? It's just you checking in on his, like, checklist? I guess that's a start of a friendship, but it's crazy that you've lived together for years. And you were going to run away to a new country together and count on each other for stuff. And it seems very one way. Yeah. Yep. Where I guess she is supposed to financially support and he emotionally supports, but now she's not even financially supporting. She's just causing more turmoil in his life. (laughs) I do hope that there is a plot point that finally confronts that where he explodes and he's just like, you have done, you have checked in on nothing that's going on with me. You You told me in passing that we were not leaving the country three days before we were supposed to leave forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's not okay. We're not okay. We're not okay. You haven't asked about anything. I lost my job, by the way. I lost my job. Do you want do you wanna know why? Or are we gonna just brush over that? Or are you gonna get mad about it? Or like Because it's not about you and your problems. Yeah. Yeah. I want that explosion. Like I don't, but I want it. Yeah, because I want him to I don't know. Have a voice. Have a voice and have a whole relationship and friendship from the one person that he's supposed to be able to count on. And I want him to express where he's at with that. And I don't know, I just find the situation very relatable of kind of having your life self implode, like it like completely imploding. And then like, the people you live with are more annoyed by the fact that it's (laughs) imploding than like what might actually be going on. And so I love him and I want only good things for him. And I want his happy ending to be so unbelievably happy where if society in this, I hope is like a darker South Korea. I don't doubt that it is not, but I hope is like a darker version of South Korea in this K drama where there, where people can lose their jobs for being gay. That's awful. Um, yeah, that's a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, I just want him to find the happiest possible ending for himself in in this show. That is my main priority. Literally, Jung Ji-ho and Choi sung could not end up together, but if he got a happy ending, <laughs> I would be stoked. Fair. Fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you've said exactly what I wanted to say. 
But on that point of like Jung Ji Ho and Chae Sung In maybe not ending up together, I feel it's surprising that it took like five episodes to even get to the Vicky description of what this show is about. Where it's like she has two clients, one on three days of the week and the other on the other three days of the week, and she's kind of falling for both of them. And I was like, that's not what the show has been about so far. But I guess now it is. And I don't know, I want so badly for there to be this romance, but I I think there's just something missing. Like, we talked last week after we stopped recording for some reason, we kept talking, and we were like, it's such a good slow burn because Jung Ji-ho and Chae Sung-un are getting to know each other on, like, a really deep interpersonal level before having to play married or whatever. Yeah. It seems, it's very good. It's a good slow burn. But maybe something about throwing in the second male lead and him being so aggressive and seeing Chae Sung-un be so self-absorbed, just all of it has made me, like... Maybe none of you should end up with anybody. Let's go, like you said, let's go for Guangnam's storyline. Yep. Let's go for him. Let's focus on that. That's what I care about. He's who I care about. He's here. who I care about, because I really want a romance, but not at the cost of you guys just being, never learning to evolve. Yeah. I need you all to evolve, I- and we're at episode six. Yeah. You are all in your mid-30s. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I don't know, maybe maybe Kong Hae-jin is not, maybe he's in his late 20s or something, but I just can't believe how, I don't know, separated they are from reality. Yeah, I think I get I get so annoyed when Chae Sung-un and Jung Ji-ho have any conversation because it always ends with her misinterpreting his words yeah. and just completely screwing them around where i'm like you have to do some mental gymnastics to get what you think he said yeah because he she immediately was like how dare you pity me and hate my job (laughs) when she's the one that has multiple times implied that she feels really as much as her job has benefited her she's been feeling really empty and she needs more and she can't wait to go like date for real or whatever and fall in love with a man who doesn't know her past or whatever, you know, where she's the one who's implied that she isn't happy with things how they are. Maybe she was happy at one point. It's not that she's ashamed of what she's doing. It's that she's like not interested in doing it anymore. She's ready for the next thing. She was about to leave the country to do it. And he just implied like, hey, I can help you get back to where you need to be. I want to help you. I don't I don't need anything from you. I just I really appreciate you and I want to help you and she immediately was like, "How dare you? <laughs> help me? You think you can help me cuz you're better than me? Say goodbye to our contract." <laughs> like what? Like no one said that. And maybe it's a translation thing, but I think that the tra- at least the English translation of everything he's said, he's rarely said anything super problematic. Yeah, like I get it. They've built up a good character who missteps with his words. Yeah. But it's so... And it's it's something that takes practice in a relationship to be like, this person is my teammate, they're my partner. I may be interpreting the thing they say in the wrong way. 
and I should acknowledge that probably I'm I'm the one in the wrong. I'm taking it the wrong way. And what they said wasn't meant to hurt my feelings. Like, I still do that to this day. I've been in a relationship for 11 years, and I still have to step back and be like, if my feelings are hurt, it's probably my fault. Um, yeah. I don't think my partner meant to hurt me with their words. My partner is a super gentle, nice person who has without thinking about how his words could be interpreted, said some heinous shit to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to put him on blast for, like, what it was. He is, he, we have had talks about it, and he good. has acknowledged, yeah. like, I that is <laughs> that is not good. The way that that came out is bad. It did not do good job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And and that sucks. Yeah, and I'm sure I've said heinous shit to him mm-hmm. that I just very unthinkingly would, like, off the cuff say that he's like, oh, I know that's not what she meant. Yeah, so it's fair to be like, they're not in that kind of relationship. They're not dating. She doesn't have to go through that work to be like, I know he's on my team. He didn't mean to hurt me. What do I think the other possibility of what he meant could have been? That's that's work that maybe she doesn't have to put in, but it's it's like I said in the first couple episodes, you just want their relationship to be easy, you want her to be the one that understands what he means is different from what he says, so it's so frustrating that every episode there's at least one big blowout where she's like, you've offended me to no end, and I will never see you again. (laughs) And I'll never understand you. What? (laughs) And we'll never be on the same page. And it's like, God, but I'm I'm rooting for him, and I didn't misunderstand it. And you're just, you feel unrelatable right now that you're deciding that he's the bad guy here when he, like, maybe he didn't say it the way that you wanted to hear or would interpret it correctly, but haven't you already acknowledged that he doesn't always, the way he says things doesn't always come out right? I thought that was, there was a whole episode about that. I thought that was your thing, your little speech about the door that was like perfect. And you said the thing, you said, I understand you better than anyone else ever has. And then you stopped doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I think that that's kind of an iffy thing where I'm not even sure. It's like the writers are so focused on making sure that we understand that he doesn't say the right thing, that they're forgetting that they've also already written in that she's supposed to be the person who is (laughs) helping him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, And wants to help him and has already told him that she'd help him. Because they give us a lot with him and his paralegals. I think he's very weird with them. Yeah, he's unreal weird with them. They've done a great job of establishing him as a very uncomfortable boss. I get why that one paralegal is like, he hates my guts. Like, bro, you need to say hello in the mornings. That's it. Yeah. It is not a big ask. Like a normal hello without then 15 minutes later popping out and demanding that she do a task right this instant. Yeah, don't be psychotic anymore. And (laughs) and that could be enough. That could be enough to be like, he says the wrong things, he's super awkward, but this is the only person who understands him. But instead they're like, no, even she doesn't get him. No one actually understands him. No one gets him. him. Come on. Kidding me? Okay. Okay. We'll wrap this up. It's kind of a shorter episode, but time constraints. Me and Raquel have to go watch peak time. So Yeah, so uh, bye. Uh, so everyone just grow within the next two episodes and we'll be a little bit happier. 
Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> Not you listeners. You're perfect. Yeah, you guys are my favorite people. Yeah. And if you want to email us anytime just with your like little little inner rants, because we let our inner rants out on this show. But if you've got inner rants that you're like, they need to get out, here we go. Email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, or you can uh, check out our website where there's other ways to reach out, like commenting on the episode or signing up for our email newsletter. And uh, that can all be found at playonk.com. And don't forget to check out our affiliate links there, like uh, Skillshare, if you want to learn a new skill. You can uh, get NordVPN to secure your your internet activity, your presence on the internet, and find K-dramas that might not be licensed in your region. Uh, and you can also uh, find an affiliate link for Blueberry Podcasting if you are interested in starting out with a podcast. And let us know if you do start a podcast. We will give you a shout out. And we just want to know. We want to give it a listen. Yeah! If you want to give us a hey somewhere on social media, we are on Instagram at Play on K Podcast. We're on Twitter at Play on K, And we're on TikTok at Play on K underscore Emily. Yeah, uh, we have our uh, Patreon, right? Oh yeah, uh, where things we're doing more things with that. Uh, you can hear our kind of referenced. Uh, we always kind of reference it, uh, but um, it's like our pre-show chat. We've started putting on our Patreon for our Patreon subscribers. And we currently are watching a show called Peak Time, where we are going to be talking about that for the next little while uh, (laughs) as our pre-show chat. So if you're interested in hearing about Peak Time also, then uh, check out Patreon. Just You can find the link from our website or it's patreon.com slash playonk. But if you don't want to join our Patreon, we completely understand. You can always email us or send us the social media. Tell us you're watching Peak Time. We we need to know. We need to know one way or another who's watching Peak Time. Yes. But the last freest way to support the podcast, besides listening to the episode, thank you for doing that, is to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen as it boosts our podcast. It helps other listeners find us. And yeah, I think that's it. Join us next week for the next two episodes of Loving Contract. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.